Having a baby doesn't have to mean feeling petrified or enduring hours of labour pain. My name's Sophia Hansen and I'm on a mission to help you feel calm and relaxed in pregnancy and labour because that's what helps you have a better birth. Check out sophiahansen.com to see what I can do for you. Rebecca has been one of my prenatal yoga students and then once her baby was born we had a great time together with baby massage and mum and baby yoga. So today Rebecca is going to talk to you all about her experience of birth and how when it very first started just before she was due to give birth to her baby daughter we discovered that her baby was not quite in the position that we thought she was going to be in. So I'd had a really straightforward pregnancy, no kind of issues, no worries with um, gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or anything like that it's all you know textbook all going fine I was really active during my pregnancy and then I got to 36 weeks I had my midwife appointment so I think it was 36 plus one it's like a day after I turned 36 weeks I went to midwife and it was all fine and we talked through my birth plan and we talked about how I've been doing hypnobirthing and we wanted to have a water birth and um, be at the birthing centre and kind of went through all the things and, you know, pain management and all that stuff. And I sort of had a really set plan. And then that afternoon I went home and I was working from home and I got really bad back pain. And I, I'm someone who gets back pain quite a lot. And I was sat on my, um, like, exercise ball trying to sort of get myself in a comfortable position really really struggling and then by the time it got to about nine o'clock that evening I was going to get rid of bed I was just like this something's just not right I was worried about reduced movements but it wasn't that I couldn't feel the baby it was that I because I was in pain and I was thinking so much about the fact I was in pain I wasn't concentrating on kind of the kicks and the movement and so I was really worried and so I just thought right rather than having an evening where you know I'm really stressing myself and getting myself worked up. Phoned up the maternity assessment centre and I said that I'm a bit worried about reduced movements. And they said, come in straight away, you know, no, no issues there. Um, much rather that they, you know, checked everything out than for me to just worry. And definitely if you are worried about reduced movements at any point, just you know, phone up the assessment centre because they are brilliant. Um, so we, we trekked down to the hospital um, they put me on the monitor and checked the, the baby's heartbeat and the midwife sort of did it and it was all fine. And then she said, oh, I just I just want to get another um, a colleague just to come and check the position of the baby. She's like, because I'm not quite sure. Like, I think she's head down, but I just want to get someone else to check. Another midwife came in. She pulpacing and she said, well, she was like, well, I think the baby's head down, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. So we'd just like to get a, um, if there's someone available to do a scan, we just want to do a scan before you go home so that we're not sending you home as an undiagnosed breach because that would be um, you know, not very good. <laughs> so we'd rather just have you scanned. It was sort of about 11 o'clock at night, took me into this little scan room that they had. Um, a registrar came down, did the scan, put me on the ultrasound immediately, just went, yep, baby's head up, you know, her head's up um, by your chest. And um, so she was in a frank breech position. So her sort of, her head was up here, her bum was down by my pelvis, and then her feet were 
kind of up on the other side of my chest, which was really confusing because I could feel kicks as if she was um, you know, head down. It like it was my first pregnancy. I didn't know anything different. So it definitely felt like she was in the right position and everyone had told me that she was in the right position. I remember the registrar saying, you know, you've got a couple of options, you need to think about it go away, have a look at the guidance on the um, Royal College of Obstetrics and Gynaecology and, you know, have a think about what you want to do. And uh, I just remember going home that, you know, as we were driving back from the hospital and just being in tears and mm. absolutely devastated, like, what? why is this happening? Um, and then the next day, similar, you know, I, was, I stayed home from work um, and I just remember being, you spent the whole day feeling really, really upset and just, why has this happened? You know, why is it me? What's wrong with me? Um, you, is there something wrong with my baby? Why is my baby not in a position that she should be in? And, um, and then I spent, so I sort of had that going on. But then at the same time, I was also Googling like spinning babies and, um you know, trying to find all these different YouTube videos and things about how you can get your baby to turn. And then so then I sort of started down this path of just trying to do everything I could to try and get my baby to turn. And that had quite a few interesting things in it, didn't it? <laughs> it had a few methods that people might like to know about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh gosh, there's so many, like there is so much advice if you go on Google. It's <laughs> like, and YouTube videos, I was watching these like American mums who'd had like five children and then were like, their baby was breached and these were all the things they were doing. Um, so what did I do? So inversions, so putting my legs up against the wall and laying, so laying with, um, on the floor with my legs up against the wall, um one quite a lot I was doing it's like they say to do it like several times a day to to kneel on like the top step of our stairs with my hands on like a step below um so my bum was in the air to try and like encourage the baby to move forward um, and spin uh putting an ice pack sort of on where the baby's head was and then sitting in like a warm bath or having a hot water bottle down the bottom to try and encourage the baby to move away from the cold and move head down um another one that I didn't really do but I know a lot of people say about doing it's like getting your phone and having music playing and putting it sort of by your pelvis so that the noise and the vibration encourages the baby to turn. <laughs> so, um and yeah so I just sort of spent my evenings just you know my husband would be watching tv and I'd be laying on the floor with my feet on the sofa <laughs> <laughs> watching videos of these random American women saying this is what you do to get your baby to turn. Well, I think out of all of those, I think the first one where you're kneeling in the top step with your hands on the second step, I think I'd be a lot more comfortable with that if you were kneeling on something on the floor with your hands lower down as opposed to facing <laughs> facing down a flight of steps. That's like, ooh. So yeah. basically for a good few days, you had every kind of evening like a circus audition <laughs> it's like what, what else can I do now to try to make a difference Neil yeah. your husband's probably wandering around the house going where's my wife oh there she is oh no oh, there she is <laughs> yeah and they say to do it like you should be doing this several times a day and and so it was like all this kind of pressure to suddenly be doing these um you know 
crazy movements and getting up and like trying to um you know encourage the baby to move in any way that I could. <laughs> just a full-on mission wasn't it and then there was a kind of a quietness if you like that settled over you that actually she just was in this position and then you needed to think about what was going to come next wasn't there yeah and so the thing that really helped me with that was actually going for the ECB um yeah. I can never say it and Catholic external Catholic version that's it yeah. <laughs> get my words mixed up there um yeah so that's when they try and manually move for baby so um the day after I found out she was breached they said do you, do you want to come in and have an ECB to try and move the baby um and it was something that I'd read about and I've felt quite happy that that was something that I wanted to do so I um so sort of about a week later went into the hospital and they um so give you uh injection well first they monitor the baby just to check sort of get a baseline of heartbeat check that the baby's okay and then they give you an injection in, in your tummy to just relax all the muscles. You sort of have to wait for that to take effect. It's like, you think it's going to be quick, but like all these things, there's a lot of sitting around. Um, and then they take you into a scan room. And um, so there's a consultant who did the ECV for me. So it's like you lay on the bed like you would um, a scan, but then they tip you sort of backwards. So your legs are in the air and your head's down low. Which you're quite used to anyway by this point. Doing <laughs> <laughs> your pastime for the last 24 hours. <laughs> Again, you know, it's it's clearly that is the way that you, you create more space for the baby to move is being in that position. So I suppose that makes sense. Um, and then they um, use the ultrasound to sort of check where the baby is and, um, and then try and move the baby, which is, it's like having a really hard massage on your stomach, like on your tummy, which like I'd read a lot of people had said it's really painful and I didn't find it painful. I definitely found it uncomfortable. Like it's, it's not a nice sensation. Yeah. You're, not, um, you're not planning another one just for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And definitely, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't like really bruised afterwards but you know you do get a little bit of bruising because it is you know someone pushing really hard to try and push the baby round um you know not in a it's not um you know they don't do it in a way that's unsafe but they are you know having to kind of push through all your your tummy muscles and everything to try and mm. get that pressure on the baby to help them to move and um, so during that I did the the four eight breathing that I'd learned during hypnobirthing which I found really, really helpful. And also when we were doing the yoga classes, we did a lot of visualizations, which I've never been very good at visualizations. But I have to say, having done those weekly classes and doing it on a regular basis, it really did help me to kind of go, right, I'm mm. going to go to my sort of relaxed space and just focus on my breathing. And I, I did that sort of whilst um whilst the consultant was doing the ECB. And I remember her sort of she tried to speak to me and I was like don't don't speak to me I just need to like zone out um and she sort of said afterwards she's like you were she's like I was surprised just how kind of calm you stayed through that she's like because I was putting quite a lot of pressure on and we did do it you know had a couple goes so when they they did that I mean the consultant had said at the start the likelihood of a baby turning mm. was quite low 
um, because she was in a frank breach position, which is sort of the hardest position to turn because it's got to kind of go all the way around. Um, me being a first time mum, everything was kind of quite tight. And then um, because I was 37 weeks at that point, there wasn't a lot of space anyway. Um, so she sort of said, you know, there, there wasn't a high likelihood of the baby moving. Um, but uh, sort of frustratingly, she got halfway. She got to the point where the consultant was like, well, if she was going to turn, she would have just flipped by now. Like she's gone so far and she's just something is stopping her. and. She's like, I don't know what that is. It might be that, you know, um, if you have a C-section, I'll, you know, perform the C-section and see that actually it's because um, there's a short umbilical cord or, you know, there's something that's kind of stopping her. But there's nothing that um, she could see on the scan. I say once I had that and I've sort of gone, right, I've, I've tried everything, <laughs> I kind of then went, okay I'm like I'm okay with this I know that I'm probably going to have a c-section and I'm kind of you know if if my baby wants to be in this position we've we've tried everything we can she obviously doesn't really want to move any further so you know accept it um and then after say after the um so once they've sort of done the, you know, hopefully move the baby, if they haven't, in my case, you still have to go back to the assessment unit and they put, they monitor the baby's heartbeat again, just to check that um, the baby, there's nothing, um, you know, the, the baby isn't in distress in any way, because one of the risks of an ECV is that you could end up having a C-section. And I'd, because I'd prepared myself for that possibility, it meant that I was in a much more kind of accepting place around having a C-section. But yeah, when I, I went back on the ward, they they were a bit worried about her um, her movements and her heartbeat. And then we sort of sat there for ages. And then they said, oh, well, actually, you, you haven't eaten anything because you couldn't eat before the ECV. You're supposed to be two hours. Yeah. Um, and it's now coming up to sort of half past 12 maybe you should go get some, like, you know, go get some food, go chill out and then come back and we'll monitor the baby again. And as soon as I did that and came back, they were like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely. I think I got myself a little bit worried at that point, but then as soon as I sort of went out the sort of the, the assessment center and went and um, you know, went and got a drink and went and got something to eat, I was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is all fine. Well, a lot has happened really over a period of 24 hours, hasn't it? You've just been at home, having a completely normal day, had a bit of backache, suddenly discovered that your baby, who you'd been told the whole way through, was or certainly felt like she was presenting in a, a good position for birth. And then yeah. suddenly everything's changed and you're upside down, inside out, topsy-turvy, heat <laughs> packs, cool packs, husband thinking, my wife's lost the plot. And then, as you say, you go for the, the ECV and then you experience the ECV, use your hypnobirthing techniques, manage to keep yourself calm, and then, you know, nothing nothing has changed at that point. If somebody else um, was going for an ECV, what kind of advice, if you've got any advice for them, what would you say? Definitely do the 4-8 um, breathing. I mean, the thing that is, it's really difficult because you, well, if you're like me, <laughs> you really want it to go right. So there's kind of all this 
pressure that you you like really determined that this is going to work yeah but at the same time the best thing you can do is relax (laughs) (laughs) so so that's not really um you know necessarily two things that go together so certainly all of the things that you learn in hypnobirthing about um you calming yourself down and relaxing and you getting that kind of sort of peaceful space and in sort of in in the right place where you 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 are relaxed that definitely helps and I say I didn't find the ETB painful it was uncomfortable but I think that that was because I was you know I was breathing a lot you know I was getting a lot of oxygen into my muscles and I was staying as trying to stay as calm as possible I think if I'd been tense it would have made it much more much less likely to succeed and also more likely to be painful so yeah definitely the applying the hypnobirthing does make a real difference and i use the hypnobirth breathing for everything go to the dentist uh, open wide just a second okay (laughs) so just taking the taking that time and for anybody who doesn't know the four eight breath then you simply breathe in through your nose to a count of four and then you exhale generally through the mouth with really soft lips to a long slow exhale towards eight you might not get to eight to start with if you haven't done it before so you can just exhale longer than four so in through your nose to four and exhale through your mouth for longer than four ideally up towards eight but it's a great breath. I love to do it. It's one of the main ones, actually, that's used in yoga for anxiety and for overcoming fears, all those kind of things. It's a great one for, for people to use, whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. So no more stressful traffic jams. Just sit there doing your relaxing breathing. Everything works wonders. Rebecca, that's brilliant on the, the ECV and everything. I think that will really help people who are in that position or who are considering whether or not to, to have one or just go straight and decide for a section. And also just to help people have an, an understanding of what that feels like. And I think a, a really firm sports massage. So I'm questioning your sports massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> a really strong, powerful sports massage is probably a really great explanation of it. Is there anything else that you would like to, to add just now on that? No, I don't think, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it, that like you're not used to, I don't think anyone ever has like a massage on their tummies. No. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit and abdominal like, massage is generally quite gentle. <laughs> so it's more like a colonic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I suppose the, the other thing that I would say is, you know, with all things in pregnancy, it's about making your choices. So you don't, if, if your baby's, reach if you find yourself in that position you don't have to have an ECV if you you read about it and you decide that's not for me then you know you don't you don't have to do it you you know no one should make you feel like you have to have it and equally you know if you decide that you do want to have one and but you're a little bit worried about it firstly don't be worried because it's you know it's a perfectly normal um procedure I think I'd say I'd got myself in this kind of mindset which I think it actually was a a good thing for me um that I'd read so I think it's I can't remember the statistic it's something like I won't say one in 100 something like that that is the chances of having to have a c-section as a result of the ECB so either it triggers labour or um you know if in any way worried about the baby that you know suggested you you have a c-section 
Um, so that like there is that risk, which I think when you read it, because it it's sort of more common than I suppose you know, other statistics where you're looking, it'll be like one in a million kind of thing. You know, it's like it is a, a reasonable percentage, but again, it's you know thinking about that um you know, the, the brain so you know should you be i can't remember now <laughs> it's so long since i've done it no bad thing, but benefits you know, risks alternatives yes. <laughs> do yeah, so, things, nothing and smile <laughs> yes. so so all of that you know and say don't don't be scared because chances are um you you won't have to have a c-section but if you do have to have a c-section it's not the end of the world um, you know, as long as you know that that's that's something that could happen, you know, you'll be going into it in a you know, a very kind of positive frame of mind. And at the end of the day, it's about um, you know, feeling in control of, of your options and, and your choices. So, yeah, definitely don't don't be worried about having an ECB. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, that's probably as much as we want to talk about the, the ECV side of it. And we are going to come back and do a part two, which will be all about your C-section experience. And also as part of your C-section experience, how it felt for you to be letting go of that dream of the, the idyllic kind of water birth that you'd spent so long imagining was going to be the, the way that Rosenwind entered the world <laughs> and how you coped with that as well as moving into the, the C-section part. So thank you so much for that today. Um, I will pop down some details underneath as to how you can get in touch with Rebecca if you want to chat to her more or if you want to follow her because Rebecca's up to all sorts of amazing stuff <laughs> which we'll tell you about in the next one in the c-section one so thank you so much talk to you soon lots of love Are you ready to take control of the ways you can influence your birth for the better? Head over to sophiahanson.com and bag yourself a freebie. Calm and relax is the name of the game no matter what type of birth you're planning. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a thing. Lots of love. Bye bye for now.